What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kev. It's official. Playing Philly is fun. We're going to talk all about it. Let's go! Everything was just falling into place. Bunky Azeal cuts inside. With this run, but Lord, it's oh. going to So no Josh tonight, uh, which means I guess I have to do the victory beverage, which this is like, let's see. I, oh, geez. Hold on. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. That, that was. That oh, was, that was terrible. That was something. Oh, I'm sorry. That totally did not do it justice. Yeah, I mean, it worked. You know, I didn't have any good. cans, so it's a bottle. And yeah, that was weak it's sauce. Still, still, it could be a good sound. I know. So Josh is not here. He is uh, on a mini vacation at not Deep Creek. We don't know what that means. We don't know where that is. It's just not Deep Creek. Uh, and this, is, this isn't like a Jedi mind trick. We're not saying this because he's actually at Deep Creek. Right, he's, no. He's not. He's actually No, not for, for years they went to Deep Creek, and then last year they did not go to Deep Creek, but they couldn't remember what it was called, so they just called it not Deep Creek, and now it's just become a thing. So Josh, Liz, hopefully you guys are having a good time at not Deep Creek. Unfortunately... You're going to miss uh, Kevin's big announcement. Kevin, what did you do this week? I actually, yeah, have life events to report. Um, I got married. I got married uh, <laughs> last, last week. Um, yeah, it, it was, it happened very quickly. It was, you know, we were originally planning October 30th. Um, and, you know, when we set this date, originally, like, you and your family were going to come down. My other brother in New York was going to come down and, to knoxville and you know the first you know the first wave of cuts to the wedding you know were, were you guys and, yeah. and my other brother yeah, yeah because you know, covid and everything and i was like okay well maybe the parents can still come down and and uh no with the, with the way covid's going um it just the closer and closer it got and then and as the numbers kept going high um higher we just we're like all right well we don't really feel comfortable with the parents coming down at this point and then we're like, well, why are we waiting? Um, and so I think it was Tuesday. I was working on my laptop, and Riley just came in the room. She's like, hey, you want to get married on Thursday? I was like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> you and, guys are uh, so chill. Just like, don't and <laughs> that was it. And no, I, 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 like, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like, you know, and then I turned my back and kept working. Like, yeah, it was, it was a happy, like, yeah, let's do it. This will be fun. This will be good. Looking forward to it. Um, and we did. And so, yeah, it was like a 20-minute courthouse thing. Um, I highly recommend it. I mean, one of all the stories I hear of people planning their weddings and how stressful it is and how much money it is, th- this was, like, really nice. Like, we we enjoyed it. It was fun. It was exactly what we wanted. I know some people want a lot of planning, and, and that's great. Um, we didn't want that, and it, it, it was it was wonderful for us. I remember for our wedding, I think we had 150 people that we invited, which for a lot of people, that's a small wedding. If I had to go back and do it again, I would have done exactly what you did. Like maybe just have immediate family. Obviously, under the circumstances, you couldn't. But um, mm-hmm. no, man, good for you guys. I, I was actually pulling for that outcome because I knew like the parents sort of kind of wanted to be there, but they also were really worried. And so they were still going to come down anyway. And like you guys just doing it, like took it off the table. And it was just like, yeah. well, we're still going to have a party. Like once yeah. this all sort of 
I was going to say go back to normal. That's not going to go back to normal. But once we're able to have a party, we will have a party. Um, Kevin and Riley are registered at the team store. So if you're looking to get them gifts, just uh, (laughs) hit up Highmark Stadium and let them know. And uh, I wish you could do that. That'd be awesome. I wonder if a gift registry registry at the Hound store. If I snuck that in there, like, and Riley didn't know, like, we have our other official registry, and then all of a sudden I just get packages from from Pittsburgh. With, Riley's uh, like, why am I getting a Danny Griffin jersey? What is this? <laughs> what is this about? Yeah. In her size. It's like, That's well, people knew. Like, people they just knew. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. I bet you start listening to the show after that, huh? Um, so, what obviously. You? Did, did anything happen with you? I, I, I don't want to bogart the... Uh, yeah okay you getting married definitely trumps me hanging pictures on the wall in my house step up so, your game mike come I, on <laughs> live your life more excitingly this, this might be the first time that your weekend was more productive than mine mm-hmm. in a long time <laughs> and that's not to say mine wasn't productive i had a very productive weekend but i just i didn't get married so you know <laughs> no big life events um no nothing major here uh really just trying to get some small things done around the house that's all getting ready for school to be starting up soon and just everything else going on got to watch some hounds so yeah i bet you're you're kind of happy that you're homeschooling yeah it sort of took that whole decision out of our hands um and uh the kids are already the kids have already started doing like like workbooks just to get back in the groove of things um you know just like basic multiplication division there's a little bit of algebra mixed in just to like so when they hit the ground they're not you know way behind they're they're hitting the ground running so yeah we're 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 happy we're not looking forward to getting started still a lot of work but uh yeah we're ready so speaking of ready speaking of ready i don't know that's not a good transition but that's all right trying to move us along (laughs) yeah so the hounds had a nice little bounce back game they beat philly four nothing uh, at Highmark Stadium on Saturday. We got two goals from Duba, one from Tommy V, one from Ryan James. Very first takeaway, I think, has to be huge congrats to King Kenny, who became the all-time leader in regular season assists with his 37th and 38th in this match. Um, obviously, he has a lot more games left. Well, I shouldn't say obviously. Hopefully, he has a lot more games left to play to sort of pad that record. Um, but uh, huge, huge kudos to him. I mean, we've had him on the show. He's a great guy. Uh, really fun to talk to, really down to earth. Um, couldn't be happier from him. So, so kudos to King Kenny. Um, Kev, what's a, give me give me a thought here from this game. What would you think? I mean, I was I was really impressed with. I mean, so we we saw this earlier on in the Red Bulls games as well. But it's it's our set pieces are turning out to be really fruitful. Um, yeah, you know, like, and 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 a large a large contribution of that is is uh is kenny um with his delivery but i mean and and i think that's going to be it, it's going to be really critical especially when games are tighter um where we need to defend more and you know maybe we don't have as much possession as we did in this game um you know in this game we have i'm looking up now 62 percent possession i mean I, to be fair i think most of the games we've actually had we've been the dominant team in possession, maybe maybe the Red Bulls game, but, but regardless, it was it, it's been split pretty closely. Um, so we have been controlling the game, but but in moments when we can't and when we need to defend and we're not getting many attacking opportunities, to know 
that all it takes is you know one corner or one silly foul by the opposition 20 you know 20 25 yards away from goal you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'd be really interested to see what our conversion rate is on on set pieces, you know, corners included. Um, you know, now with the likes of Dos Santos on the field starting alongside Mensa and, and Skylar Thomas, you know, we have a presence. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, so that's that's really encouraging. I don't – I mean, yeah, it, beating, beating Bastille, Philly 2, whatever, um, again – by four goal, four goal margin, I don't know. I think we're at the state we can't really take any, anything away from this. I mean, you look you look at Bestial's other games. What they haven't won yet, right? Um, like, yeah, Red Bulls beat them five one. I mean, Hartford gave them a game, but you know, I don't want to speak entirely illy on Hartford, but you know, last year Hartford weren't that great. I remember beating up on them a couple times. Um, so yeah, I mean, it. it Philly too seems like they're going to be the team where it's just okay, you know. If if you don't get a win, then something, you know, inquests are happening in the dressing room. So I, it's hard to take away anything from this, but you know, good to see DeSantis getting two goals. Good to see DeSantis starting. Um, interesting that Velarde dropped out, um, but uh, but yeah, all around, you know, good, solid, controlled win. Yeah, I mean, I think to your point, we had seven corners, and we technically scored off of two of them, so can't really complain about that. Um, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, if you look, I'm sure that's that's a really good <laughs> conversion rate on the corners. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, the, I mean, a couple other takeaways real quick. I thought Duba's second goal, uh, basically, it doesn't really happen unless Mensa is sort of pressuring the defender and the keeper, but the keeper kicks the ball right to him. Duke was about 30 yards out. Was It almost looked like he wasn't paying attention because the ball went past him and he turned and was yelling something at Lily and just sort of turns around and the ball's coming at him on a skip. And he hits the ball with the outside of his right foot and curls yeah. it into the center of the net from like 30 yards out. And That's the, a great goal. It's not a gimme. Like that, no. he made it look just easy. Like, oh, yeah, when it came to his foot, you're like, it's going in. But just on, on the more I watch the replay, the more I'm impressed with how easy he just made that thing look. Cause it just, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I promise it's, it's one of those things where you can have those like recreation challenges and training where you like, you have these special unique weird scenarios where you try to recreate a goal or something i promise and you, you do that a lot in training there's not a lot of people who score that especially in the first first time in a, in a game like mode no it was yeah. it was a really good goal yeah it got me thinking you know is is duba sort of the perfect forward for sort of the way that lily wants to play and let me let me back this up a little bit because i think i think mensa also sort of fits that mold a little bit but the fact is Lily loves to have a a target forward. So here you have Duba, who is basically just a big body. And, all, and this whole this whole theory came to mind every time I see him going down. But when you have a guy that is that big going up against, you know, holding midfielders who are maybe, I don't want to say half the size of him, but they're definitely smaller, trying to get the ball off of him is almost impossible. So what are your options at that point? Do you just let play progress with the ball at his feet? Or do you foul him? Because it seems like every time he gets the ball, he's getting fouled. And after a while, I'm like, you know, if I was on the other team, I'd, I'd be hating on Duba because it feels like he goes down all the time. But 
The fact he is, hacked around a lot. Yeah. What do you do? What, how how do you defend somebody like that? I mean, obviously yeah. in the run of play, he's a big body. He's great, but in holdup, I th- I think on top of it is he uses his kind of veteran mind really well. Like he he really knows how to use his body, how to lean on defenders, and and get a and get in between the defender and and in the ball and. Um, I think on top of yeah, I mean he's he's obviously extremely talented technically. Um, you know he he's gifted with his size, but I think even more than that, yeah, he understand he understands the game so well, and uh, yeah, I, I think having having the support around him, I actually I, I want to call I I kind of feel bad for Mensa because I I think he's having a great season, yeah, and it's just it's just kind of a shame that oh it's not a shame it's it, it's a shame in a way. That all you know, DeSantis gets the headlines for what now? Four goals on the season. Yep, he's in, he's Probably. tied for second in the league with four goals. Yeah, I mean, and his goals to minutes per ratio yeah. like ratio has to be insane. Right. Um, where I mean, Mens is doing a lot of really good, yeah, just hard work off the ball and 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 to set up plays and so no, I I I, I want to yeah, I don't know, I I really want to see Mensa get his goal. I. I mean, well, okay, at the end of the day, we're scoring. Um, but but I, I imagine if you ask the players on the field, you know, Mensa might be one of the, you know, first couple of names on the team sheet that they want to be playing with because I think he just makes everyone's life a bit easier up there. Oh, and I mean, look, we saw it in the second half of this game where Mensa came out, I think it was the 54th minute. I think at that point, I, I, we couldn't tell what was going on, but obviously, you know, when the game is sort of out of hand and you know that you have it locked up, you want to give some other guys minutes. It's a short season. You don't want to burn anybody out. You know the Red Bulls are coming to town next week. So Mensa comes off. Um, you end up getting uh, Forrest and Fernandez in up top. And I, I don't want to knock anybody, but there was a clear drop-off in terms of the ability to hold up play. And when you can't hold up play, that puts so much more pressure on your midfielders and your defenders, which was why Philly was getting chances in the second half, was because we couldn't keep the ball in their half. Whereas when you have Mensa and you have Duba, Duba can hold up the ball, and Mensa is going to run you down if you have it. And so... I feel like, honestly, Mensa can hold up the ball, too. I mean, oh, no, no, he no, has yeah, it yeah, in yeah. Him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, yeah, I, I think just maybe the combination of of Fernandez and Forrest, I think together they just might not work. I think maybe you can do one of these things where, you know, like, like the scenario of if you follow like a European soccer team when they have like midweek cup games and they just th- they make like a line change, like eleven new bodies, um, players that like have never played together with each other before and it's it almost never works like what seems to work a bit better you know in a vast majority of the time is is making these kind of small switches so sure when you put mark forrest around or, or when you put fernandez around other quote-unquote second string players sure it doesn't gel very well but if you put them in a support unit of other you know the other starting 10 players then yeah it obviously elevates their game and they look better so i i think we're getting into a scenario where i think it's it's happened a few times now where you know you get the likes of you know fernandez alongside barnathan starting away against red bulls and it doesn't really click um 
so I, I, I'd be curious to see what kind of changes is, and, and maybe a game coming up where you do Mensa and Fernandez or De Santos and Forrest or something like that. Um, because yeah, you're right. There, there does seem to be a drop off, and it, I don't know. I, I, it's getting to the point where it's getting a little worrisome um, yeah. because I think you can, you can make you can make about one change. We see it in this game. You know, Velarde doesn't start, um, and uh, and we make you know we make a few changes. Well, I get Dos Santos comes in. I don't I don't I don't actually don't know who drops out along the back line because what we play Ryan James and uh, Rivera, but. I've, yeah, I, I can't recall. Um, but so, you know, we're able to make two two changes. Or, 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 but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You go deeper than that, then uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, it gets a little worrisome. Well, and I think, too, uh, from what we've seen, and I've said this before, I think Fernandez's strengths lie more in a game like a Danny Griffin or like a Robbie Mertz or like an Anthony Velarde where – you're not necessarily the holdup guy. Your job is to sort of run in after the holdup guy. And so I think that's where the real strength of Mensa and uh, Duba are, is they can both be the holdup guy, and they can also both turn and make runs. So when they are the holdup guy, you now have this wave of players, of a Velarde, of a Griffin, of a Mertz, coming up behind you that can make runs in behind. And I think having Fernandez to be able to do that is fantastic. So as soon as you put him up top, you're basically changing the tactics of the entire lineup because you're now saying he's not he's not the holdup guy anymore. Like you need to figure out some other way to get him the ball in stride, right. um, which is a completely different style of game. So, yeah. Um, so do yeah. Play Philly, do we take? Do we play Philly two again this season? Yeah, I think we get them one more time. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we get them one more time. Um, one other person that uh, we talked a lot about earlier on this season is Danny Griffin. And I think once again, was impressed. Uh, you know, the Hounds first goal, he basically split. To, he, he picked up a ball. He intercepted a ball basically around Philly's 30, uh, 30 yard line. And uh, why am I talking about yard? Line? Anyway, uh, basically <laughs> carries it into space, splits two defenders with a pass to find Kenny at the touchline. And Kenny crosses it into Duba for the header. Later in the game, when we brought in, Fernandez, when we brought in Velarde, they actually dropped Griffin back to holding mid, which we've only really seen him in attacking mid or sort of out wide. But they're sort of putting this trust in him that you could see like the same level of trust as some of these other veterans. And it's starting to make me think like, I, I sort of put in the notes like, is he Robbie Mertz light? And I don't think that's really doing it justice. I think that, no. but, but, but it reminds me of what we saw of Robbie last season, but almost on like an accelerated schedule. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'll, I'll be honest. I think, I think Griffin looks. Um, I don't want to say much better player, but a better player than Mertz did at this time last last season for sure. If if not, I don't even want to say at this time last season because I want to say the first few games Robbie didn't really play right. last season. He got his run in at the at the end. Um, no, I'm I've yeah. I, Griffin might be the story of the year so far. Um, he he plays the game with such ease and swagger for the ball he, he slid through for Kenny. I don't know. To me, it could be reading into this, but it looks like he kind of gives this little, like little, like fake little, like, like he kind of looks off to the side and just, you know, like he's looking at a right back kind of, you know, spreading the field wide, like he might go to the hem and, and he just slides it perfectly weighted, you know, yeah. like it gives Kenny enough space to, to make a cross. 
take nothing away from Kenny's cross either. I mean, puts it right on the plate for for DeSantos, and um, no, that was that was a really good goal. Um, to the point where, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this might be. I don't know. Maybe. Do you think Lily maybe found, quote unquote, found his system here playing Dos Santos and Mensa up top with Griffin in behind? Um, because I think I don't know. I because of the result, the Louisville lineup still always kind of sticks in my head because it also we also played really well once we got going in the Louisville right. game, and that was with Mensa up top in the center with Velarde and Mertz flanking either side of him. Um, that seemed to work pretty well too, um, but here we're just inverting it and, and having Griffin, at, Griffin up top and having Robbie sit next to Kenny. Um, yeah, I mean it's it looks strong. It's attacking. It it still makes me you know wonder. We talked last week about the players who aren't here yet, and you know just having a, a Tony Walls in this system. If you have a Tony yeah. Walls that gets to sit next to Kenny, and now that pushes both Robbie and Danny further up the field, like. I mean, you start to think about like what was Lily really hoping for when he started to put this lineup together, and when you start to visualize some of those pieces fitting together from what we're seeing now and how it could potentially be, it gets really, really exciting. So, do you know what's the status on Tony? Last we heard, uh, he basically there was some sort of injury, and he was dealing with some um, family-related something or another back home, and that that was okay. sort of the extent of it. So. Um, whatever that may be, you know, Tony, obviously we hope uh, everything goes well and that we get to see you soon on the field. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, but- I mean, well, it, it, and it gives some flexibility too because, like I said, I, I think I don't th- I'd be kind of surprised if in every game scenario he would, he would trust uh, Robbie sitting next to Kenny um, in this kind of two-man midfield. Because it is, I mean, both of them obviously can do a shift defensively, especially Kenny. Right. Um, but they, you know, both of them want to go forward and yeah. create chances, and um, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. We don't really have, like I said, Kenny can play. He's a catch-all in that in that position. Maybe Von Gaziel is more of a dedicated out-and-out defender. You know, Tony, sure. But although I can't, it's hard for me to even say that because I just I haven't seen him yet. You know, right. we we know what his game is, but um, I haven't seen him play that role. So, yeah, I mean. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, it it definitely. I don't know. Have you have you noticed a change in style so far this season? So what? We're five games in into the season. Are you talking about like a change in style over the start of the season, or a change in style from last year? From last year, to me, it seems like we're we're. I don't know. We're controlling the ball a lot more. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, I don't know if I'd say a change in style. I think it's more just an evolution of what I think Lily was always sort of hoping to do last year, right? I mean, he still had Duba, who sort of did the hold-up play. Um, Yeah, I don't know. There were a couple times in this game where we started to shift formation a little bit, where we went from a five-man back line to a four-man back line, uh, sort of pushing Revere up a little bit higher. There were a couple times that Tommy V sort of stepped up and he sort of stayed up a little bit, and I got a little bit excited, like, oh, what's he doing? What's he doing? Um, and then he would sort of shift back into that center back position. But you're right. I think this has always been Lily's thing, is he wants players that are versatile, that are smart, that can play in any position. And so far, he has built a team of Tommy V's, Ryan James, Kenny's, 
Robbie Mertz's like that can at this point Danny Griffin who could play attacking and holding like when you have a team of just really smart players sometimes just having them on the field creates magic outside of tactics and and that's that's exactly what Tony Walls sounds like another one of these guys Mensa to a certain extent I think is one of these guys so I think that even Dover I mean the number of times that Dover just pinches in and just says I'm going to goal like and cuts into the middle like intelligence this is always a game where you know Kev dad used to tell us this growing up like I don't care if you're better than me if I'm smarter than you like I can win this game and we right. got a lot of smart players on this team. Right. So it makes it really exciting. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I've, I don't know. I've noticed a substantial, I don't know. I don't want to say improvement because who's to say what is the right way to play? You know, it, right. so, and we got, you know, a lot of really good results last season. So, but it, 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 it does feel like, and I don't know, I, I, I don't want to say it's an evolution of Bob Lilly per se, because I think you're right. I think I think there's remnants of this always there, but it might be now he has a, a core group of 11, maybe 12 players that he feels like he can finally execute what he really wants to do. Um, and that's press higher up the field, defend higher up the pitch, and uh, you know when we have the ball, create spaces, especially along the flanks and... Yeah, I don't know. I've been really impressed. Um, now, granted, I don't know. I all of this might be caveated with we've played Philly two twice, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll we see. So you know what good. happens. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll see what happens when Red Bulls come. You know, come into town. And I think I think the other thing is is that this could just be another year under the belts for these guys in the Lily system. I mean, when you look at sort of the key positions, right? Your two outside backs. Even Rivera was with the team last year. So you have James, you have Dover. In the middle, you have Tommy V, who was there last year. You have Kenny, you have Mertz, you have Velarde, you have Duba. Like, up yeah. the middle, you've got guys that have another year of experience in this system, and it's it's clicking more so than it was last year. So, you know, great. Um, we'll see where that takes us. So, yeah, Kev, to your point, you know, we are now five games into a 16-game season, which means we're 31 and a quarter yeah, of the way through, which is kind of crazy. Um, we That's are currently not including like the the playoff structure, though. What's that? That's not including the playoff structure, though. No, this is just regular season, and then we'll have yeah. playoffs after that. So we gotta we gotta end up in the top two in our group. We're currently second place in Group F, right behind Hartford. Who uh, Hartford beat Loudon four to two this past week to stay three points ahead of us. We're going to face Hartford three times this season, so don't worry. We'll, we'll get our chance against Hartford. Um, looking at the next three games, Cap, which basically will take us to the midway point of the season. Yeah, that's nuts. We've got Red Bulls at home and then Indian Loudon both away. How are you feeling at this point in the season? Well, oh, so you're not really asking me to make a prediction. No, I'm not. We can we can do a prediction here in a second. But how are you feeling this close to the midway point of the season? I don't know. I'm I'm torn because, like I said, I I think I think if this year's team played last year's team, I'd I'd favor this year's team more. But we just haven't. I don't know. It felt you know last year we were just steamrolling results. Um, and we're not doing that this year. And I don't know if that'll come with time and, and just, 
you know, we eliminate some individual mistakes and everything turns around. Um, and, I, you know, I mentioned last on last week's pod, the Red Bulls game could have turned out very differently if it, if it weren't for, you know, an individual moment of brilliance and a, a sloppy penalty, you know, away at the end of the game. So, I don't know. The results make, make it feel like... I, I think we're a better team than the five games suggest that we are. And so I feel good in that sense. But, I mean, it is a truncated season. Results need to come. And, you know, at the start of your question... The next two games are going to be hard. Like, <laughs> you know, the, I think Red Bulls are. That'll be a very good game to watch, especially home. Um, and yeah, India away is arguably our toughest game of the season. Yep. Um, so you know, you got you got to think that if we walk away with a draw there, that's pretty good. And then you know, I I haven't watched anything allowed in, um, you know, but any away game is you, you, I don't know. Historically, you're happy with a draw away, so. Yeah, and and you know that puts us halfway in the season, and then I'm kind of scratching my head. All right, we we better have a good back nine here and uh, yeah. and and pick up points. But like I said, I think we're a good team. So I don't know. I'm I'm still happy and optimistic. I think last year there was kind of hopes and optimism around. You know, it meant so much to finish first in the East. Um, this year it probably means less so, but you still wanted like do it you still want to finish top of your group and you still i don't know if that's going to happen um but i don't know if it'll i don't know i have high hopes matter i mean just sort of looking at the rest of our group right philly has not won a game yet uh loudon has only played three games they haven't won yet they drew nil nil to philly this was back in march and then they lost three to one to hartford and then lost four to one to hartford so like that sort of tells you a little bit right there Really, I think it's going to come down to Hartford, Red Bulls, and us. And I think if we can put the Red Bulls away this week, um, we'll have one more shot at them, and that'll sort of seal it, and we could be looking top two. But, uh, yeah. Do you think that we've uh, – this 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 is a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you think we've seen uh, sort of the – I don't want to say the best of what this team is thus far, but we yeah. obviously hit the high with Louie and we looked good in the second half of Louie. And then we had sort of a dip there. And mm-hmm. this week, again, it's really hard to tell because it's Philly. So if you like throw the two Philly games out, which again, as Justin said, you know, these, you got to win these games anyway. So like we won these games. Great. Like we put them away, but this team is not peaked yet. Right. I hope not. Okay. I don't know. I, I I worry a little bit about if we get in a rut. I, I, I it doesn't. I, I don't think we have the personality types that will go on a losing streak. Like I think I think we have the experience and the personality types where they can kind of throw away last week last week's result and move on. But I don't know. Uh, it's, that's that's my biggest worry is. I if if we really get on a streak where we're not playing well, I, I hope we can bounce out of it. Because um, I don't I don't know. I, has there been a game? I, I wouldn't say there's been a game where we played poorly yet this season. And so I think that's that's kind of what worries me is a do we have that in us? Like is there a game where we're just gonna not show up? And b what is that gonna do? Because yeah, in in such a short season. These like mini runs on either side 
Yep. If you have if you have a, a small winning streak or a small losing streak, can be, you know, season defining. So I think that's that's my worry is I just don't know, like, I think I know what the ceiling is for this team, and it's very high. Like I I think the heights that we can hit, I am extremely confident into saying on our best night we can take on anyone in the USL. Um, I just don't know what our floor is, and I don't know if we've hit it. And I don't, I don't know what it looks like, and I don't know what that can do. You know, that can do some damage to a team mentally if if you just don't show up and you get your butt handed to you to Loudon or something. Um, so that's my only worry because of the truncated season. If we, if this was a normal season, whatever, we'll iron out those bumps along the road and no, and no issues. I have no problem with it. Um, that's that's really, I think, the only thing that could that that could derail the season. Uh, to your point, four games. Like you, you go on a four game winning streak or a four game losing streak. That's a quarter of the season and yeah. it's gone. So yeah. like, yeah. So every game matters. And Not even a four game losing streak. If you just like lose, draw, draw. Yeah. Lose, you know, it just, it just feels weird. It's not, it doesn't feel like it's good enough. If you, you want to. Two points through a quarter of your season. Yeah. 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 So it'll be interesting. What about you? Um, I, I think I agree with you that I think this team, if this team played last year's team, that this year's team would win. I think that the pieces that we replaced or that we intentionally sort of made different choices have been upgrades for the type of system that we want to play. And I think we've seen, as we've said here, sort of two different systems. What we haven't seen us... It, it, or what we haven't seen us do is sort of change between those systems mid-game, which is something Lily used to do a lot last season. Um, but I think, you know, the Louisville game where it was sort of the one holding forward and you had players in behind, and now since Duba has come back, we've seemed to have just gone to the two holding forwards. And, like, at halftime, it would have been great if we said rather than – or not at halftime, whenever we made subs – in this game, if rather than saying we're going to put in both Fernandez and Forrest and just make them like-for-like like subs for Mensa and Duba, let's just say put Forrest up top as the lone holder yeah. and have Fernandez in behind and go back to that system like we saw in Louisville where Duba just wasn't available. Um, so I think seeing more of that is really going to challenge teams because you might come in thinking one thing and now all of a sudden we're shifting mid-game, which is really hard to cope with. But I also think that the guys have found ways to compete. And so, you know, while the second half wasn't great for reasons that we talked about, you know, you're still having cases where Velarde is coming in and just sending nice little balls into the box and there's James there to clean it up. Or, you know, in, in the Louisville game, we're, we're scrapping ways to get goals. We're Mensa's stealing balls and finding, you know, a Mertz or a Velarde that are coming in late. And it's just, it's, it's doing what you need to do. So you're right. You know, you mentioned earlier about, the New York game and the Indy game, you know, say that Pasher doesn't score that goal and yeah. say that Philly doesn't get that PK at the end. Well, now we have no losses on the season and we're, we're singing a completely different tune. So I do think that there are times where the team looks less cohesive than we'd like, but there's also times where they look far more cohesive than we saw last yeah. season. So I agree. I think the ceiling is much higher. Um, and I think the I think we only see the floor if we start to pick up some like significant injuries. Like I think if Kenny goes down, that's my thing. Yeah, I was gonna say the two things that worry me is I don't really know what our floor is, and two, because of the issues that we've already talked around depth, 
one injury to one spot, and I think we're we're really kind of getting a little nervous. Um, which is weird because you know Duba missed the first few games because of injury, and now he steps in and has four goals in like whatever, however many, like you know, 120 minutes or however many minutes he's actually played. I know it's more than that, but like, uh, yeah, I, I think there's a couple key players. But that was one player, and I think, like you said, we can get away with Mensa and you know, like Velarde and Mertz flanking or whatever. You know, one maybe a different position. Yeah, yeah, like you said, Kenny goes down, or, or one of the players that can't play. Well, like Tom, honestly, it, say it, Tommy V goes down. Yeah, I mean that would that that I think that could be very detrimental as well. Um, even the likes of a like a Jordan Dover, like yeah. I don't know who else is playing right wing back. Yeah. Like we we've we've seen with Rivera and Ryan James, we have cover there, and we have yeah. cover at the center back location. I mean, Valky Zilda is so much tactically um, and and in a leadership role back there. Um, which is which is difficult to replace, but yeah, I mean the, these kind of midfield positions where I don't feel like we're particularly light. You know, I, I wouldn't feel super confident Barnathan play, you know, starting every week. Um, so yeah, I, I th- one or one or two injuries, and I think we're we're kind of a bit worried as well. Yeah, it'd be great to have you know Tony back. Uh, you know, have Dequa step in. Um, that would be great. There, you know. Yeah. And maybe that's the answer. I mean, maybe it is, you Time. know, yeah, yeah. Give just give us, you know, two more weeks of a buffer, and you know that problem will kind of go out the window, and, and we won't have to worry about it too much. I mean, I, I do understand. I, I know there's people listening saying like, you know, yeah, two key injuries to any team, and they're not right. looking good. Like I get it, but yeah, I I, th- I think one of the yeah particular scary things around this team is is the lack of depth that we there's not many but you know there's not many scary things to worry about scary is the wrong word even i would say but yeah the lack of depth is is a little concerning when you when you roll in potential injuries yeah so moving forward obviously we got the win this week we already mentioned this upcoming week red bulls come to town and red bulls last game they beat us two to one. They didn't have a game this past weekend. So literally they're going from playing us to playing us. This has to be a bit of a redemption game for us because in that game, there were stretches that we just absolutely dominated. Um, you know, they got their first goal off of a quick set piece, uh, which was, again, we've said it was amazing goal. It was really well taken. Um, and then the second goal was a PK late in stoppage time, which again, Hounds should have had a PK at the other end. It wasn't given. That's, you know, the whole ref situation is a whole other topic, which I didn't think was terrible this game, but whatever. Anyway, so uh, I know I'm rambling. I, I, th- I think the ref could have been terrible and we still would have won like 3 0. Like, right. It didn't I, matter. Exactly. When, when you win 4 nothing, it's hard to like say the ref was terrible, but like it happens sometimes. So Red Bull's coming into town. Um, you know, their most recent match, uh, well, like I said, was against us. They're currently two and two, essentially. Um, you know, they beat Philly Union five to one and they beat us two to one. So, Kev, what are your thoughts going into this game? I, I, I honestly think it's going to be almost the exact same game that we had in Red Bulls because it's hard for me even, like, I know I've already set it up saying, well, you know, it was a moment of brilliance by one of their players on a sloppy penalty. But, they had other chances in the game. Like, they they could have scored more. It wasn't like they didn't create anything and they scored off their only two chances. So I don't I don't want to paint, like, an incorrect narrative here. They played a really, you know, they, they played a good game. 
we played a good game. It was a good game. And I think I, I expect the same thing here. There was, there was too many moments for both teams where they created chances. And I mean, the only thing that I, I worry about is maybe because of that, you get both these teams maybe respecting each other too much. And we see a bit just of a, of a, a tight you know, affair for the first 20, 20, 30 minutes, which is possible. And I, I wouldn't say that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, but is that okay? Wait, there's is there's a week between these games. Yeah, we play them on. Saturday. That might be that might be another deciding factor. Where you know, last time we played them, we were in the thick of it. Um, it definitely looked like we had tired legs. Yeah. Um, and you know, I you wouldn't expect that to be the case in this game. Um, so I think you know that might tip the balance in our favor. But um, the other thing with the Red Bulls, like you know, as a as a two team, they're they they're coming here like always with nothing to lose. They they just want to play well. Like they they they're not caring about like nope we gotta, you know I don't know maybe they are and I'm and I'm giving them a disservice but you get the sense that they're going to play a bit more with a bit more freedom than some other teams, um, and that and that could be dangerous. So no I expect a really good game. I expect us to be a bit more superior in this game because of the fresh legs because we're at home, um, but uh, but no I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to be a fun one. You know, this this last game against Philly sort of made the comment on Twitter, which, by the way, if you're uh, if you're looking for something fun to do while we're watching these games at home, hop on Twitter with the hashtag of whatever the game is, because we're basically live tweeting the whole game. And most of the time it's like gifts and like stupid reactions to things that happen in the moment. So it's a nice little companion. Like while you're watching the game, you'll see something come up. But anyway, we'll give our halftime thoughts in there and we'll give our final game thoughts on there. But uh, it made the comment that this game, in a lot of ways, felt like men against boys because you had literally guys who were like 16 and 17 years old playing against, you know, players like Kenny and Ryan who have been around the league for a while and sort of are experienced. But the other takeaway was that it was also a game that felt like speed versus positioning where the hounds were much more diligent about their shape and trying to stay in their positions and use a system versus philly which is young and trying to impress and trying to use their speed and i think we might see some of that with red bulls as well where you're going to see guys that come out that are younger that want to fly that want to put on a show to try to make it up to the senior squad and you're gonna have the hounds who are trying to be much more diligent and trying to play within a system and trusting the system that it will ultimately result in goals so that'll be something else to watch for in this one um kev give me a score prediction i mean i could see just two one the other way i could see us winning two one um an exciting two one yeah i'll I'll say hounds win two one I'm going to say 2-0. I think Gomez gets the start. Not that I think Vidiello did a terrible job in that first game because, again, like I said, the two yeah, goals that were scored against really well. him, like, he couldn't do anything about it. But I think that, uh, yeah, I think I think the Hounds learned from their mistakes. I think they have the week off to think about it. And I think we get a 2-0 win. So that's do what you we think, think. Do you think uh, we see an identical if not almost identical lineup that we saw against philly too yes yeah (laughs) i think so i mean the the only other thing that i could see is some sort of weird um uh you know 
I, I don't want to say something where you have sort of James and then, you know, uh, uh, Rivera sort of doing some weird stuff on the sides. But um, no, I think it's I think it's gonna be pretty much the same. Um, yeah, I, think, I think unless so there's I, some injury involved, I think this is this is Lily's go to at this point. So, yeah, I, I think Dos Santos is going to partner Mensa. I think Griffin's going to be on the field. Forbes and Mertz are going to be on the field. Dover, James, Vonky, Zeal. And now what? I think you have like, yeah, two more spots to fill yeah. in. So. Yeah. so we're figuring it out pretty quick. So that's what we think. Obviously, let us know what you think. Um, we're guessing there might be a preview show this week with Justin and Steve. So keep an ear out for that. Um, otherwise, I guess the only other news is the the Mongols masks are here. They are amazing. We are actually recording video of this. So the after show that's going to be on Patreon is actually going to be a video where we're going to show off the mask. Um, so if you're not a Patreon subscriber and you want to see the video, head over to mongols.com, click on the support a show uh, link, and it's a dollar. Like it's a dollar a month. And that dollar goes right back into doing things like buying masks that we can then sell to you guys and, and all of that. So um, totally worth it. Like I said, we're not pocketing any of it. Basically, the masks are going to be $12, and that covers the cost of basically shipping and what it takes to make the product. Plus, like I said, we're covering whatever other expenses there are with that. So there's a limited supply of them. Patreon subscribers get the first crack at them. So we're going to put the link out on Patreon for a few days, let Patreon subscribers order as many as they want, and then if there's any left over, it'll go out to the general public. So again, if you're interested, mongols.com, click on support the show, dollar a month, and you can get on that list. Um, and we will tweet out pictures of them as well after the fact, but uh, yeah, the video is... Yeah, you, you, usually I don't get like excited or any of these kind of things, but yeah, you showed them to me before we started recording. They look really cool. They're freaking sweet. I know. They're <laughs> awesome. So... Um, I think that's it for this one, Kev. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about here? No, I think we think we knocked it out of the park. <laughs> we we did an amazing job in this episode. Josh, you're welcome. I hope you're listening and enjoying this in, in its fullest without having to be here. So, well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. This is your uh, weekly reminder that Black Lives Matter. Go get the latest Steel Army t-shirt. Love Pittsburgh, hate racism. Black Lives Matter over at SteelArmy.com. Again, wear your damn mask. It could be a Mongols mask. So uh, make that happen. We already talked about becoming a supporter on Patreon. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to USL, MLS, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Roughneck is who created these masks as well. So if you're wondering how did we get awesome masks, it was from Roughneck Scarves. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, or adult or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. Looking for more great USL news? Head over to the new BGN.FM, and we've got over 100 fans that are writing and podcasting about the beautiful game. Lots of great features that went up on the site this week. Go check them out at BGN.FM. Otherwise, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Cheers.